This is I Bleed Pinstripe. It's the 39th edition. I'm in Selma Huggins. Uh, sumo, as uh, you guys know me. Uh, I was trying to do my mic, my uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo introduction. Um, hold on, let me try it one more time. And good afternoon, everybody! <laughs> I'm in a good mood. Why am I in a good mood? The Yankees are playing great baseball. Six and two in their last eight and they've won nine out of 11 overall so hey you feel good when your team's winning try being like a nationals fan right now they probably want to kill themselves uh they'll probably get back in it but anyway as you know that i like to do it's the 39th episode let's check out the men and the i always want to say the men and women but let's check out the men who have worn number 39 for the yankees uh it was issued in 42 wore to raleigh hemsley and also mike Shartak also wore it. Let's see. I'm going to look for some good names on this list. Daryl Johnson wore it in 1957. Oh, man. There's not a lot of good names on here. It's a weird number. Larry Gura, 74-75. Larry Gura, big time with the uh, Kansas City Royals in the 70s. Mickey Klutz, 1977. Ron Davis, he was a great reliever for the Yankees late there. 79 to 81. He would be, he was the big setup man for the goose. Uh, Roy Smalley, awarded 1982. Smalley was big for the twins, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Otis Nixon, awarded 1983. Larry Milborn, also awarded in 83. Neil Allen, he awarded in 85. I remember that people thought Neil was going to be huge with the Mets, but it did not turn out that way. Joe Negro, the brother of Phil. Ward from 86 to 87. Bill Gullickson in 1987. Probably one of the more popular names you'll remember. Roberto Kelly Ward from 87 to 92. Probably worked longer than most people did. Um, Mike Witt. <laughs> I believe Mike Witt threw a perfect game for the Angels in, uh, in his career. I could be wrong about that. I'll, I'll check my notes. Dion James. Dion, Dion James Ward, 95 to 96. Uh, let's see here. I screwed up. Uh, Don Paul Ward to 94. <laughs> uh, let's see. Brian Boehringer Ward to 96. Brian Boehringer, huge outs uh, during that playoffs of 96. Uh, Daryl Strawberry, 96 to 99. Mark Wallers, 2001. Uh, let's see. Andy Phillips, 2004. The Milkman, Melky Cabrera in 2005. Sean Chacon, <laughs> 2005 to 2006. Luis Vizcaino, 2007. Uh, 
let's see, Ross Oldenhoff, 2008, Mark Melencon. 2009, 2010, and he's now a big time closer with the Pirates. Actually, he has not pitched very well, so let me take that back. He's had a couple of good uh, years with the Pirates, so we all wish him well. Kerry Woodward in 2010, and he was great that year. Uh, Aaron Laffey, 2011. Clay Rapata. 2012. <laughs> Brent Lillenbridge, 2013. Mark Reynolds, Wardwell in 2013. And uh, let's see, 20. 2014, Chase Whitley Ward and Shane Green as well. Obviously, Shane Green was traded to the Tigers over the offseason. And the man that the Yankees called up today, I'm doing this podcast on the April, uh, April 28th, Chase Whitley taking his old number back. So those are the men and women. So like I was saying, guys, the Yankees have been playing some great baseball. Uh, they went to Detroit, who had the best record in baseball. The Yankees were coming off a uh, three-game sweep with, uh, off of Tampa Bay, and I was definitely, definitely a little worried. I was just like, "Hey, let's get two out of two here." Obviously, you want to win the series. I was like, "Let's get two. Uh, and the Yankees would take three out of four. Uh, the first night, which you know, the Yankees would lose two to one. It was a great pitch game by CC. He went. Uh, the full eight, so a complete game, but uh, the Yankees couldn't get a run in that game. Uh, Alfredo Simon on the other side was dominant. Again, one of those games where you tip your hat to the other pitcher. Um, so yeah, CC went uh, went the full eight. Uh, Tex would hit a home run, his uh, first out of five that he would garner up during the week. Jabba, our old friend, would get Ellsbury to smash in a double play in the eighth, and that was really the closest we would get to uh, scoring in that game. But you know, you take those positives out of a loss. CC looked great, and so we moved to Tuesday, where the Yankees would come back, win at five to two. Nathan Evaldi went seven strong. Uh, Chris Young and uh, Drew, I always want to say Steven, but it's Steven Drew. Uh, they both home run in the Yankees, like I said, one at 5-2. to two. On the Wednesday night game, which was like a game from February, which was a frigid conditions, lots of snow, the Yankees just came out and pond, pounded up David Price, which they've now done two times in a row. And I know David Price has a 10-7 and seven record against the Yankees lifetime, but the Yankees always seem to get to him. And... Um, I think I don't even remember if he got out of the first inning. I could be wrong, but they pounded him for six in the first. Uh, and Adam Warren actually gave up four in the first, but he battled as well. He would not give up another run uh, for the rest of the for the rest. I think he pitched five and two thirds. So that was really good that he could stay in there and the, the Yankee bullpen dominant as usual. Uh, and then to the really the kind of the the fourth game of the series, the Yankees would win a really taut game. This was a really great baseball game. Actually, was watching this game at home. I had gone to school during the day, taped it, got home around two, really getting into it, and I was really tired. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to cuddle up here on the couch, watch the ball game. Next thing I know, my phone's ringing. And normally, I don't pick up my phone when I don't know the number, but I did. And it turned out to be my job. And they were like, hey, you're supposed to work tonight. And I'm like, really? And he's like, can you come in? And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> Oh, man. So I actually, I knew my uh, cousin Alex texted me and said, what a win. So I was like, all right. But I did come home about 1130 and I picked up where the DVR left off and watched the rest of that game. And, you know, Tanaka was great. Gave up one run and six and a third. And Ellsbury, pretty much the star of that game, uh, scored both runs. He doubled, stealing bases. And then I uh, forgot who the pitcher was, but he got him when he was on third base, got him to uh, balk, uh, balk him in. 
for the uh, the go-ahead around the Yankees win 2-1, to one, win the series 3 out of 4, and just feeling good about themselves. At this point, the Yankees had won 6 out of 7. They come home for a big, big Subway series against the Mets. And uh, on the Friday night, good crowd at the stadium. The Yankees would win at 6-1. to one. They would stop the Mets' 11-game winning streak. Text. We got two text messages from Mark Teixeira. Two two-run home runs. Pineda was strong, seven and two-thirds. And the Yankees, you know, the Mets and their fans definitely were excited for this. And, you know, in a way, it means more to the Mets and the Mets fans. I don't know, you know, hey... At the end of the day, do they will they take the record that they have right now? Yeah. If you told Mets fans, hey, at the beginning of the year, you'd, you'd be 15-5 and five right now as I speak, they'll take it. But I can imagine, you know, I remember those days back when the A's used to beat up on the Yankees, those Bash Brother Yankees, and there was that turning point when the Yankees finally would win a series against them, and it was like, oh, you know. And hey, the Mets have beaten us in the past. I believe they swept the Subway Series either a year ago or two years ago. You know, they swept the they did a two a home and home, and they swept us four. You know, and I remember those Mets fans. They it was like they won the World Series. <laughs> so I understand Mets fans came in strong. We'll see them in September. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll move to Saturday's game, uh, and uh, the Yankees would lose this one. And it was kind of set up for that. The Dark Knight. Uh, you know, Matt Harvey. Grew up a Yankee fan, and now he's on the Mets. He's the, he's their guy. He's their classy guy. He's kind of like the an A lister, and uh, something the Mets haven't had in a while, and it's something that they need. And if you've heard me say it once, I'll say it again. The only time I root against the Mets is when they're playing us. I I like when the city has two good baseball teams. It makes for a great summer, great conversation. And, you know, Mets fans don't have to focus on the Yankees, and Yankee fans don't have to focus on the Mets. They can focus on their own teams, which is good. Um, but Harvey would dominate, goes eight and two-thirds. Uh, Duda, Plalecki, and Eric Soup Campbell would all home run. It was Plalecki's first Major League home run. Uh, Tex would hit another, and then CC. Oh, man. You know, after a good start, CC gives up seven runs. He's now 0-4. And, um, and we're going to just, you know, as Girardi said after the game, we're just going to chalk this one up to being, you know, a bad outing. You get the bad outing. He's pitched, uh, you know, I've argued with people. I think he's been fine. Obviously, the record doesn't show that. I think he's done a good job so far. Um, and hopefully, you know, somebody mentioned to me, you know, CC never really gets going in April. Let's see him in May and June where, you know, once the weather gets started getting uh, warm. Um, anyway, we go to Sunday Night Baseball, which I normally hate. No, I hate Sunday night baseball. It's just unless it's like a labor day, you know, you got a day off the next day. I really hate watching Sunday night baseball. It's just too late. But you know, these games. To 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 be fair, the baseball games this year have gone a lot faster. There's a better pace of play, and that's all you can ask. So the Yankees on ESPN would win six to four. A Rod would home run, uh, one closer to Willie Mays. Uh, he was two for four, two RBIs. Um, and the Yankees uh, they had a big uh, bottom of the second, I believe, three runs, four runs, all on doubles. And uh, uh, Nate Evaldi would be he's okay, and Girardi thought so too. He only pitched four and a third, but the Yankee bullpen, 
would come in, pitch four and two thirds, and Batansis was just lights out. He struck out the side, and Andrew Miller has just been fantastic. He got a seventh save. The Yankee and those two guys have not given up a run this year, and let alone have they given up hits at all. It seems they have just been. Now I'm hearing, you know, we've got nicknames for them, the Twin Towers. I mean, they just come in and it is game over. And the rest of the bullpen has just been fantastic. I can I cannot remember the last time the Yankee bullpen gave up a run. I mean, they have just been, you know, up and down. Uh, Wilson, Jason Shrev, Patterson, uh, Wilson, uh, Wilson, I think I said in Wilson, but they have been great and uh, can't ask anything more of your bullpen. The starters have been doing a decent job of getting deep in the ballgames, at least into the six. So the Yankee bullpen has not been burnt out. Um, and then yesterday, uh, Monday the 27th, the Rays would come in and, hey, we had swept the Rays. We thought I'd never see them again. But hey, the Rays were tied with the Yankees for first place. But not after this one. Uh, Brian McCann would hit the go-ahead home run uh, to make it 2-1. to one. And then Beltran with an RBI double made it 3-1. to one. A tack-on run later. The Yankees would win it 4-1. to one. Um, And again, the a bullpen, Adam Warren pitched a good game. Didn't get the win. It was Wilson who did. But the bullpen again, 3 and a third. Batances with five hits, Miller his eight save. The Yankees now stand in first place by themselves, I believe. I should check the web. I believe they are in first place uh, all by themselves. And let's uh, let's get MLB.com. The Yankees are 12 and 8, a game ahead of the Boston Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. So look at that. They've won nine out of 11, uh, and they're just playing really well right now. I, I mean, you know, uh, and like I said, Chase Whitley's coming up. Uh, the Yankees are kind of going to a six-man rotation right now. They sent uh, Petit down, and uh, I'm guessing, I just read it somewhere, when Whitley, Whitley will eventually go back down, Petit won't come back up, but Jose Perella, who, you know, we who we last saw in spring training, um we last saw him in spring training. He uh, went under concussion protocols. He's been rehabbing, and I expect to see him coming back instead of Petit. He just he's just a, I think a little stronger hitter, and the Yankees need a little bit more uh, a little bit more uh, lumber off that bench. Um, again, the Yankees are playing great baseball. Uh, this has been great. I think at the moment, I think to some people it would be the Yankees are playing way over their heads, but they're just playing solid baseball. They're doing the little things that they need to do, moving runners over, knowing, you know, they've had games where they've scored lots of runs. They've had games when they've had to win two to one, four to one, you know, so they've done it every way. And that bullpen has, you know, which we all thought would be the strength. Uh, but it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, so like I said, yeah, the Yankees are game up. It's early folks. I mean, Toronto who's in last place is two games out. Sorry, they're three games out there, nine and eleven, uh, in the central. You got the Tigers back in first, fourteen and six, and hey, those fighting Kansas City Royals, uh, thirteen and six. Uh, if you didn't check it out, Kansas City's been fighting with everybody. Los Angeles, they've been fighting with the Angels. They fought with the White Sox. Uh, they've been fighting with everybody. Uh, one of the they play they're playing the Indians right now, and one of the Indians players had uh, boxing gloves on last night, just waiting for them. Speaking of the Indians. Boy, six and twelve right now. They're already seven games out, and you don't want to fall too far far behind in that division because it looks like Kansas City and Detroit are the class of the division. And hey, look, and the West. And uh, who would have thought in their last ten, this team is eight and two. They've won four, eight and two on the road. 
Hey, I'm talking about the Houston Astros, of course. <laughs> the Houston Astros, 12 and 7. And, you know, they've been building for this for a long time. And it's uh, really just great to see. And uh, if you've been in a cave somewhere, the Angels traded uh, uh, Josh Hamilton back to the Texas Rangers. Uh, Hamilton had been not suspended by baseball, but he sort of came clean and said that he had uh, 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 relapsed and, uh, you know, came clean about it, which was great. Uh, but, uh, the angels wanted no part of him. They signed him to like a big five year, hundred million dollar contract last year, two years ago. Hasn't really panned out. Um, and they sent him to Texas. This is something that the players union wanted. It's amazing to see, you know, it was pretty much orchestrated. I mean, this is, they want him to succeed. He has a three-year contract and he's got a lot of money and, you know, he probably should have never left Texas in the first place. And hopefully, you know, you, you wish him the best and uh, you hope that things work out for him. Over to the National League. The Mets, 15-5, and five, a four-and-a-half game lead. Boy. And again, they're 8-2 in their last 10. Uh, they've played, and they're the only team in baseball with a uh, – they have not lost at home. They are 10-0. and 0. Let me just double-check here. I don't think there's any other team that's as good at home. Uh, Kansas City seven and two at home, uh, but nobody else. You know, Houston's eight and two on the road. The Mets ten and zero at home, and hey, they always say you know play five hundred ball on the road and you know do do really well at. Uh, sorry, sorry, play you know way over. You want to play five hundred on the road, but at home you want to feast on your home cooking. Braves still hanging in there, but they're slumping a little. They're ten and nine. Washington eight games back. Nobody would have called that seven and thirteen. Uh, you got to think that they'll turn that around. Uh, the Cardinals and the Cubs right now, uh, game separates them. And Pittsburgh, hey, they're only uh, they're only two games back. But uh, those uh, the Cardinals definitely suffered a big blow this week. Adam Wainwright, ACL tear. Um, in a way, you go, well, it's good that it wasn't his elbow or anything. But, boy, what, what a huge loss. Uh, but, you know, the Cardinals keep bringing kids up. So they, I'm sure there's another young kid down in, the, in their system to come up. Uh, the Dodgers have played well. A lot of people didn't think that they would after a lot of changes that they made. I thought they made great changes. Uh, they've got a good leader in, uh, God, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Rollins. <laughs> J-Ro, as I like to call him. And look at the Rockies, 11-8. and eight. They're only a game out. The Giants, 8-12. and 12. They're really they're scuffling. They're sort of trying to maintain. Um, but, yeah, that's about it, I think. Um, sad news that I, I we heard today. Uh, Kirk Gibson, who is just one of the greatest figures in baseball, I think, in baseball history. So many great moments for him. Uh, a big, a big guy in Michigan. You know, went to school at MSU. Uh, just a, a sort of that grinder, everyday blue collar guy. Uh, it was told or it was reported that uh, he has Parkinson's disease, early stages of Parkinson's disease, and uh, so just want to. Uh, just say some kind words and just uh, wish him well uh, as he starts to fight this. We all we all know that you can get through this in life, but you know the, things are going to be different. Also, a note: uh, the 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 Orioles game tomorrow. I forgot who they're playing, but uh, the Orioles game tomorrow will be played in front of no one, as uh, the riots uh, that are down in Baltimore are going on, and uh, the city really needs to. Make sure that, you know, uh, everybody who's needed is where they need to be, not at a baseball game. So the, the Orioles will be playing a day game tomorrow uh, at home. 
Uh, game was supposed to be at seven, but there is a curfew, I believe, at for ten o'clock in Baltimore. So there's no way that you know you can be at a ball game uh, or should be at a ball game when what's going on down there. Um, world's pretty crazy. It was a very sad day, I, really, for me to walk uh, to get up this morning, and I don't know. It was just really weird. You just hate that that this goes on, and you know, I, I certainly don't contone rioting. Uh, I don't think rioting in your own neighborhood or accomplishes anything. You're just ruining it even worse for yourself. Um, but, you know, also, you know, uh, you know, the circumstances for why people are upset is understandable. But, you know, there are better ways of doing this uh, protesting. It's our civic. It's our right to go out and protest. But to go destroying things is unacceptable. But to the uh, cops that uh, hurt Freddie Gray. I've, I hope I'm saying his, I believe I'm saying his name right, but for the police who, who would hurt someone like that. Can't imagine what he did that he provoked something like that, spinal injury and death. So I know it's a little sad, but, you know, we do live in the real world and, you know, baseball is sort of the place that we go to where we don't want to think about anything. Um, if you think back to 9-11, I mean, for me personally, that was – Thank God for baseball when it came back. I needed something to distract me. And uh, hopefully people can resolve the issues down in, uh, in B-more. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, this kind of stuff doesn't happen, you know, anymore. We really need to take care of our own. We're all kind of the same people. We're all, you know, if the earth started with two people, we're all related. So anyway, I'm looking forward to the uh, Yankees' next few games uh, during the next week. I'm going to go check out the schedule. I did not do that. Uh, actually, I have it. I'll have it right here. Let's go to New York Yankees baseball schedule. So the Yankees are right now in the midst of the second game with the Rays. And look at that. It's May, and they finished up tomorrow a day game. I love day games. Sucks that I have to go to school and go to work, so I will not even see any of that. Um, so we turn the calendar to May and the Yankees head up on, uh, for this weekend, the first time in Boston. So they have three games in Boston. And of course the Sunday night game <laughs> is on ESPN at eight o'clock. I hate that. You know, I got all day to hang around, you know, you just want to, you know, take the radio outside, get the grill going on at like, you know, one o'clock, listen to the ball game with a beer, but no, I got to wait till eight o'clock to watch a ball game. Uh, then the Yankees head up north, and they play the Blue Jays, and then they're back uh, on the seventh. And hey, the seventh will be my first Yankee game of the year. I don't know how this is probably the first, the, the latest I've gone to a Yankee game uh, during. The, this is the latest in the season that I've gone to a Yankee game in a long time. But I'll be there May seventh against the Orioles in Section Four Eleven. So if you listen to this show, and it's a four-game series with the O's, and then, uh, yeah, we got the Rays for four, and then the Royals for for three, then the Nats for two, Rangers for three, and then the Royals again at Yankee Stadium. So a lot of good baseball coming up, guys. Anyway, thanks for listening, uh, and uh, peace out. Later. Guess what, guys? Double episode. Hey folks and welcome to the 40th edition, the historic edition of I Bleed Pinstripes. Can you believe it? 40 episodes. 
just want to throw a shout out to Jason Hatfield out in uh, Santa Cruz. Don't know how you get anything done out there, dude. But uh, thank you so much. You've really been the heart and soul of this. Um, doing everything behind the scenes and uh, really appreciate everything you do. And I hope to see you soon. Um, anyway, since it's our 40th edition, let's check out the people, the, the men who have worn number 40 for the Yankees. It was issued first in 1946, so another number that didn't come around for a long time. It was worn by Roy Weatherly. Uh, Charlie Silvestra, Silve, Silvera wore it in 1948. I'm going to go up this list and see if we... Ewell Blackwell wore it from 52 to 53. You don't hear that name anymore. Let's see. Ooh, I just totally screwed up what I was looking at. Let's see here. There's not a lot of big names. Tippy Martinez wore in 74 to 76. Uh, let's see here. Paul Lindbland, 78. Steve Shields, 1988. So from 78, Bob Kamir wears it in 78. Nobody wears it for 10 years. Steve Shields picks it up in 88. Andy Hawkins wore it 89 to 91. Andy Hawkins threw an infamous no-hitter in Chicago. I think he lost the game 6 to nothing. <laughs> Walked like six batters or something. Maybe it was 4 nothing. Scott Kamenicki wore it in 91. Scott Kamenicki wore a lot of numbers for the Yankees. We've mentioned his name a lot. Darren Holmes wore it in 98. Dan Masilli, 2003. Gabe White, 2003 to 2004. C.J. Nitkowski also wore it in 2004. Chin Ming Wong, wore it in 2005 to 2009. He's probably the most famous name, I guess, for people, New Yankee fans would know. Dustin Mosley also wore, he wore it in 2010. Balturlo Cologne, yes, he was a Yankee in 2010. Chad Qualls in 2012. Francisco Cervelli, 2012. Uh, Reed Brignac, 2013. <laughs> Matt Daly, 2013 to 2014. Uh, and it's... Uh, it's funny, there's three names here. Matt Tracy, Cal Davies, and Brandon Pinder, all they're under 2015. Brandon Pinder is on the 40-man roster, so he actually owns that number whenever the Yankees do call him up. Well, since we last spoke, the Yankees uh, have gone four and two. Uh, they beat uh, they finished up their series with the Rays last week at home and they uh, split those last two games. They won the first as we talked about in last podcast, because you listened to it, so you know that. Uh, Chase Whitley, who was filling in for Masahiro Tanaka, and before we, we recorded that last one, uh, it, was, it came down that Tanaka had problems with his wrist, and then there was a bit of a tear somewhere in his, in his arm or something. But uh, he's on rest right now. Uh, the Yankees hope to have him back in a month, but so far, Chase Whitley's done a great job. He came in to fill in for Tanaka last week, last Tuesday, and the Yankees beat the Rays 4-2. to two. Um, McCann would get uh, two doubles, uh, and that, those two doubles would bring in three RBIs. Uh, Chris Martin got the save. Batances and uh, Miller were both uh, taking the night off, so Chris Martin from Coldplay filled in. Uh, <laughs> the Yankees would lose the uh, last game, and uh, the Rays would uh, finally get their first win against the Yankees. Uh, there was great pitching on both sides. The Yankees would lose this one 3-2 to in 13. Just one of those games. It was a good ball game. Um, but then the Yankees would take a day off, and then they would head to Beantown to face our arch nemesis, the Boston Red Sox. And on Friday night, uh, in a good bounce-back game, CC had gotten beat up by the Mets. He gave up seven or eight runs. He pitched great, six innings, seven hits, two runs, three Ks. A lot of luck for him in that game. Got a lot of good double plays. 
And then also a couple balls that were touched by fans that um, if they hadn't been, runs would have scored. So very lucky game for CC, but he pitched well. Uh, the big story here, obviously, was that A-Rod uh, pinch hit home run in the eighth, which uh, when the game was tied at two, and uh, he made it 3-2, the Yankees would win it. Uh, A-Rod uh, ties Willie Mays on the all-time home run list. And, you know, the reason why I don't like A-Rod is he can't celebrate this. You know, when Jeter got that 3,000th hit, I mean, it was, what a celebration that was. Even when he got, when he passed Lou Gehrig for all-time Yankees hits. It was a, such a great celebration. I mean, the 3,000 was just crazy. What, Jeter got 5 for 5 that day, got the game-winning hit, hits his 3,000th, uh, you know, home run. Uh, but just the joy that was in the stadium that day. And A-Rod has stolen that joy from all us fans. I mean, he really has. And look, he's he's doing great this year. He's saying the right things. But after the game, he he was being interviewed and he's talking about how, and I've said this before, he keeps saying that how much he respects the game. He doesn't respect the game. He might respect it now. He always, you know, everybody says he's an idiot savant. He loves baseball. I get it. But don't say you respect the game. That's like saying, you know, some guy who, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say what I want to say. But some guy who like, you know, beats his wife and says he he, he respects women. He doesn't. You've cheated on the game of baseball that's given you, you know, over $500 million. So don't act like, don't say that. That's one thing he shouldn't say. Everything else he's been, you know, he's he's been very, you know, it's he knows that he's done wrong and, he, and he's doing the, all he can do to be a good player, a good teammate. Anyway, A-Rod, it ties Willie Mays. Uh, and remember, Mays did this back in the 50s. And 60s with huge, you know, big ballparks. You know, he was, you know, he played in the polo grounds. He played in the candlestick. These were some ballparks. He really had to hit some home runs. So his 660 are probably like 1,200 compared to A-Rod's. Anyway, it was a great win for the Yankees. Uh, Batantis and Miller came on and dominated. Once the Yankees pretty much get a lead here in the 6th, 7th inning, the game's over. Batanzas and Miller just come out and do what they've got to do. Uh, on the Saturday game, Nathan Evaldi pitched another great, pitched another very good game. I don't want to say great, he pitched a very good game. He's now two and zero. He went six and uh, six and two thirds. Uh, Brett Gardner with three RBIs in this game. Uh, Miller was not available, so Batanzas got his first save of the year. I think this is just his second save in his career, but he's just been lights out so far. You know, we were a little worried there that um, with. Uh, you know how he came out of spring training. Everybody was like, "Oh, what's going to happen here?" He wasn't looking good, but uh, he has regained, you know, his his powers, and uh, he is pitching just as great as he did last year. Uh, like I said, the Yankees would win it four two, and they'd win another series, their fifth series win in a row, and that's what you want to do in baseball: just keep winning series, and at the end of the year, you'll be in the playoffs. Uh, so we go to the Sunday night ESPN game. Both games, uh, the Saturday game time, I hated 1.30 because I was working. Normally, it's 4 o'clock. I would have been, that would have been great. I would have gotten out of work at 4, caught the game. And then Sunday, I got the day off, you know, doing stuff in the backyard. What a way, you you know, what a great way to spend your Sunday listening to the ball game, doing stuff, barbecuing, whatever. No, it's an 8 o'clock game. And hey, you know, eight o'clock games are fine, but it's just it's just too late. You know, I like my games during the day. I love day games, Wednesday games, Thursday games. You know, that last game with the Rays last Wednesday, one o'clock ball game, perfect. They took an eight nothing lead on the Sox. 
the Sox would come back uh, with five, I think, in the bottom of the sixth or seventh. But it wasn't enough. Uh, they did get the tying runs on base in the ninth, and uh, Miller would uh, get uh, Big Poppy to fly out. Um, but the Yankees, Tex, Gardner, and McCann, seven of the eight RBIs for those guys. And those were the guys, especially Tex and McCann, who really needed bounce-back years. Um, there was a little feistiness, and uh, I should mention that Adam Warren pitched well. I think he pitched about five and two-thirds, six innings. He's now two and one. He's done a fine job. Um, but uh, there was a moment, uh, Yankees were up 8-1, where uh, Hanley Ramirez was hit by Warren. And he took offense to it. I think everybody in it was in agreement that Warren was not trying to hit him. Uh, but then later in the game, the Yankees hit Ellsbury. And Ellsbury is usually very quiet. And as I've said in the past, I've, I've said a lot of things in the past. <laughs> and now it's here for you to go find that stuff. But uh, Ellsbury, who's usually very, you know, milk toast, you know, he's not a big personality, but he was fi- very feisty after the game. And he said, you know, maybe they. You know, after he got hit, they he said maybe they didn't want me to score any more runs or get any more hits against them. So it was nice to see, uh, and uh, it was also nice to see all the Yankee, Yankee mustaches and uh, something that Brett Gardner started back in Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago. Um, and since then, the Yankees have won uh, 13 out of 16 after that Sox game. Uh, they're in first place. And uh, so the, all these crazy little mustaches are coming out. Batantis has got one that's really struggling. Headley's got a nice one going. I like Gardner's. You know, the, the Yankees, they, you know, the rule, they can't go be- below the lips. But if you look in the history of the Yankees, you know, Goose Gossage is way below the lips with that Fu Manchu. So the Yankees can, you know, it, it'll be good to see in the summertime how these mustaches go. But it's nice to see the Yankees doing something like this. Jason Giambi, I think back in 2008, uh, he grew a nice stash, and I remember going to Yankees to a Yankee game, and it was Yankee Mustache Day. The Yankees were trying to promote Giambi for the All Star game that year, and um, you know it was a it was a weird thing because the Yankees usually never do things like that. It's something kind of like what the Mets would do. The Yan- the Mets would hand out mustaches, not the Yankees, but it was a fun day. I've got that mustache somewhere around here in this basement. Um, so it's just really good to see. You know, the team seems really together. Um, Brett Gardner's really stepped it up as a leader. You, every night after the game, he's the one you talk to, who the reporters seem to talk to, and he's there to take over. I mean, besides A-Rod, he is the longest tenured Yankee. I think he came up in two, 2007, 2008, and uh, he's definitely a very vocal leader, and uh, he's not hesitant to say anything. Uh, he's definitely talked about A-Rod, and you know, A-Rod, before he was busted this last time, was... Uh, uh, there was a foundation for this uh, kid who had high school kid, Taylor, Taylor something, Taylor Hawkins, I think, ah, Taylor something. And uh, A-Rod was going to be the ambassador, was the ambassador for a while because this kid had done steroids in high school and uh, I believe he took his own life. And um, so when, uh, you know, the foundation found out this last time with A-Rod, they got rid of him. And you think they'd go to another team. No, Brett Gardner is now the new spokesman and is definitely not, he does not back down. And I love that. He's, uh, I love his feistiness and he's having a hell of a year. Those two at the top of the order, Ellsbury and uh, Gardner, if they can keep it up, you know, right now, everything's looking great. Uh, A-Rod's moved into the three hole. 
Texas moved down, but you know, Texas average is not great, but you look at his RBIs and his home runs, he's definitely getting big hits. I think he has maybe 20 hits this year and 16 of them are extra base hits. Um, Beltran still kind of struggling a bit. Um, and so, you know, hopefully, luckily, uh, Chris Young has stepped it up and, uh, yeah, I mean, right now the Yankees are playing really good baseball. Definitely, uh, Didi Gregorius. He's lucky he's not a, the main guy on this team. Um, because he's had some issues and, you know, it's bigger to take over Derek Jeter's position than you, than you, I think people thought. And also when you see a guy play every day, you know, we, we said great things. Hey, Didi's going to be this, he's going to be that. If anything, we thought Didi would be outstanding defensively and he's made some amazing plays, but he's definitely got to work on some things. And, uh, hopefully by mid year, by the end of the year, he's where he wants to be defensively. I think I'll take that more than him hitting. You know, if he can hit 260, 270, I'll take it because he's our, you know, our ninth hitter. Uh, I must say that uh, the Yankees did play a ball game last night on May 4th. I am recording this on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I went for Mexican last night, so that's when I got my de Mayo out. Um, the Yankees would lose a tough one in Toronto. They lose it 3-1. to one. They fall to 16-10, and 10, still two games up. And, uh, you know, the, the old saying is if you would have told me... A couple weeks ago, if the Yankees were 16-10, I'd be very happy. Um, Whitley was brilliant. Seven innings. Uh, the big play was uh, Batances came in. Martin had given up. Uh, Chris Martin came in for relief of Whitley. Gave up a couple base runners. Uh, a double uh, by Encarcinant. Encarcinant. Oh, I got it. You know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> he uh, got a double, scored the tying run, and then... A hot shot was hit to Headley. He made a Brooks Robinson-esque play. I can't even believe that he got to this ball. Um, And it would have been the third out. He made a strong throw to first, went into the dirt. And I think if Tex was there, uh, he would have made the play. But Garrett Jones couldn't hold the ball. So two runs scored. And the Yankees would lose this one, three to one. But you know what? Today's a new day. And uh, I'll, you know, again, let's win series. Tonight's for me, is a big game. And uh, we hope to uh, keep winning series. Uh, let's see what we've got upcoming here. Uh, let me, where's my notes? I guess I can do this because it's my show. And uh, yeah, I talked about A-Rod. I talked about Gardner and the mustaches and the leadership. And I think it's really important. I thought McCann would be the guy that really stepped up. And I think he is, if you see him in the dugout. He's a, definitely a rah-rah guy. But, you know, I don't think anybody thought Gardner would be the one who would really step it up, and you can really see it. He's just a feisty ball player. I love him, and uh, he's a great Yankee. Um, so the Yankees have two more in Toronto, and then on Thursday, it'll be my first game of the year against the Orioles. The Yankees have four with the Orioles, and then they have three with the Rays again in Tampa. Weren't we just there? And then we go out to the uh, American League champion Kansas City Fighting Royals. And then two with the Nats. Uh, and then, let's see, we got three back home with the Rangers. The Royals come to visit. And then the Oakland A's come in for four. So, you know, good month. You know, I, I feel like the Yankees can beat any of these teams. And uh, hopefully uh, we we have a couple pitchers that are, you know, due back in June. Uh, Chris Capiano, uh, Nova is due back. So, and, and from what I can, from what I'm hearing, you know, everybody down in AAA is doing great. Hitters are, are doing great. The pitchers are doing great. The Yankees seem to have, you know, the bullpen. I mean, there's nobody who's doing a, a really a bad job in the bullpen. The bullpen has been fantastic. Um, I think they're 
you know, I think last night was the first time they've given up a run in like months. Uh, but they've just been doing a great job. And if the Yankees get to the sixth inning, game is over. Um, anyway, that's it for me. I am home alone. And uh, so I'm going to watch the game tonight. I do hate watching ball games from Toronto. They had 19,000 there last night. That seemed pretty depressing. I didn't see the. Uh, uh, let me let's look at the uh, standings. But the Blue Jays, you know, the Yankees came out and played the Blue Jays beginning of the year and did not look good. Uh, but let's see uh, the standings right now. Toronto, I mean, they're thirteen and fourteen, so it's kind of weird that there's nobody there. I remember when the Blue Jays were drawing, you know, four million. I think they were one of the first teams to draw four million, and now, you know, nineteen thousand for the Yankees. That seems in a, in a, you know, I think it was a really nice day up there in Toronto. But what do I know? Um, the Tigers and Royals still fighting it out, and look at the Twins, fourteen and twelve. They're only three back. Uh, let's see the Indians and Ty- and White Sox. You know, everybody was picking the White Sox. They'd had a great off season, but you don't win baseball in the off season. Sometimes you do, I guess, but. You know, you make trades, but you can't anoint somebody the champion. You got to go out there and play in the field. And hey, my favorite team of the year, the Houston Astros, 18 and 8. They just uh, had their 10 game winning streak snapped. They are 18 and 8. And the closest teams to them, the Angels and the Mariners, and the, let's throw in the uh, actually the whole division. Uh, the Angels, Mariners, seven back, A's, seven and a half back, Texas, eight and a half back. Wow. <laughs> Mariners, another team who is expected to do well, um, not doing well, uh, but it's a long season. The Mets, 16 and 10, uh, Mets fans, a little upset. Their last two games, they, they lost one to nothing to the Nats and, the their fans definitely not happy with those two losses. You know, Mets fans, they're, they're playing really well. And, and that adage that I said before, you know, if I told you the Mets would be 16 and 10 here on May 5th, you take it. But, you know, Mets fans would, are now saying we'd rather be 19 and 7. A lot of winnable games there. Again, long season. Uh, the Nats starting to turn it around a little bit. And the Braves heading to where everybody thought they were. Um, the Marlins have already, what is it? Not the Marlins, but the Brewers uh, fired their manager, Ron Renneke. They're 8-18. And, and Craig Council, the former Milwaukee Brewer, he is now taking over. Uh, the Cardinals on top there. They're 19-6, and six and they're head, head and shoulders above there. Uh, the Cubbies hanging in there, 13-11. and 11. I think they'll have a good middle of the season. And the Dodgers, who I thought had a good offseason, they're 16-9. They've got a three-game lead. So that's it. It's been a fun baseball year, though. Uh, the Yankee game was really fast last night. So I do think the pace of play, I notice it. I notice that the pace of play is a lot better this year. Uh, there's nothing worse than watching a, a, a game you know, in the sixth inning, and it's 10 o'clock already at a game that started at 7. I think the Yankee game ended at 9.30 last night. That is perfect. That's how I grew up. And that's the way the game should go. There should be a nice pace to it, not this walking around and doing this and spitting. And Okay, you can spit. I love to spit. So anyway, guys, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's the 40th episode. I'll see you in 40 more episodes. And uh, yeah, see you later. Bye.
This has been a presentation of Hatfield Digital.